Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks of the carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. This weekend in the number 46 Toyota Tundra, Dale Quarterly. Welcome, Dale. How are you guys today? Dale, doing great. How about you after a, a busy, busy weekend? You know, I can't believe you guys are still in business after having me on uh, twice within, a, you know, in the same month. Well, Dale, let me tell you, uh, I, I'm in 67, and I'm having technical problems all the time. So, uh, you know, I, I admire you to be able to go and run that road course. What, 21 turns and to finish the race? So, it was good. The, um, You know, uh, 
the road racer, motorcycle racer, Kevin Schwantz, was trying to get a GP over here when uh, they were struggling with Laguna Seca, and he um, kind of put together, you know, a group of guys, and they built um, the racetrack in Austin, Texas, Circuit of the Americas, and, but he wanted it to be a world-class facility. So if anybody has ever gone there, that's exactly what it is. It's an unbelievable road course as a driver. It's an unbelievable facility for a fan to go to. So it was sensational for me to go back pro racing to do it at a facility like that. Well, Dale, you, I mean, you start off in go-karts, uh, and then you go into motorcycles, uh, teaching people to ride motorcycles, I guess, in the correct way, in the stock correct. cars. Who did you look up when you was growing up in the in the NASCAR? Who was you? Who did you look up to? I mean, if you only had two options, right? You're either a Richard Petty fan or a Dale Earnhardt fan. There was only two real options. Everybody else was a subcategory. It's still today. It's that way. Well, what was it like racing out with uh, like Kyle Busch? Uh, luckily, or unfortunately, I should say. I never seen him. <laughs> he was too far in front of me. So we, um, this is our first, you know, venture over there, and we had just bought the truck, and they have a no testing policy, so you couldn't go test someplace. So when we got there, we were off pace a little, and um, it's only a 35-minute practice session, and then um, I forget the exact times, but a 15, 20-minute qualifying session. Um, so you don't really have time to do anything. You're going to click the shocks a little, a couple of minor changes, and that's it. So because we were off, we had to just live with it at the moment. And between um, Friday and Saturday, we made a change, which wasn't legal, but they let us get away with it. And um, it really woke the truck up. But we really needed to go more. Um, we just didn't – there was no – it just everything's going so fast, there was no time to do it. So when you were driving the truck, um, it was on a knife edge that if you wanted to do a good lap, uh, you know, a good lap time, you were, you were at basically 98% of what the truck was capable of, which is obviously too close to the limit. And when you would slip, it wouldn't go back to 95%. It would jump all the way to, to like 20%. So when you slipped, it was a big deal, but it was the only way you would do a lap time. So that's what you had to drive. And we had, I had gone out of bounds, which was when you go through the S's, they don't want you to straight out the S's and just fly over the top of them and don't even turn. They want you to make the S's. So when you go through the S's, they have an out of bounds zone. And unfortunately, it's all painted in different colors so they can 100% see. Well, I did it early in the race, um, still trying to learn how to make it go fast. And then late in the race, we had worked our way all the way back up to 15th, which was, for us, sensational. We were thinking, you know, if we could finish midfield first time out in a, you know, I'm going to call it a pro race. In a pro race, I mean, that's top three divisions in the country, that life would be great. So, um I'm driving the, you know, Van Dyke Baylor truck as hard as I can, and they're there. I had 100 people there from Van Dyke, 
and everybody's all excited and guys on the radio are excited and we got late in the race. We got the thing back up to 15th and uh, I slipped and went out of bounds by like a, I was actually swearing on the radio. I guess the best way I can word it. <laughs> that the guy in front of me was two feet to my right. It was a left-hand turn and we were off to the right. So he's two feet to my friggin' right and the guy behind me is every bit as off as much as I am as I tell in the mirror. All three of us were doing it. And um, I get bagged, and none of those guys get bagged. So I ended up having them do a drive-through down pit road at 30 miles an hour, and we went from 15th all the way to 29th because I had one little slip-up. Dale, with that being said, how do you prepare yourself? Because that's not an ordinary race like an oval track. I mean, you're left, right, up the hill, down the hill, breaking hard. How, how do you get yourself and, and with no practice? Yeah, well, that that you know, but you're really talking about there's two conversations here, right? There's uh, the average guy that's racing every week that his you know your body slowly becomes acclimated to it. And then you go road racing, and it's just a little more work. Now we're talking about a 62-year-old guy that races five times a year going to do it from nothing. So when the race is over, I get up, walked in the trailer, laid on the floor for five minutes before I'd even get undressed, got undressed, got up again, walked in the motorhome where the air conditioning was on, laid on the floor, and slept for half an hour. That was how that, I did it. That that Dale, that sounds like exactly how I come home after a grueling day on the job sometimes. Right, right. The it's, the only thing that saved me was right before we left I bought a eight thousand dollar cool box that pumps cold water through a shirt you wear. Uh which one of the guys on Sunday, Bowman, was complaining about it. His broke and when you when it breaks, instead of being twice as cool, you're twice as hot. Um, but that that's what saved me, having that cool box in. Hi, Dale. Uh, you How are you? Here. Uh, first question for you is, uh, I'm doing all right. Um, first question for you is, uh, you know, what was it like running with G2G Racing? I mean, what, what's it like working with Tim Beans? You know, what, what's that, what, what was that like? I mean, those guys were, were I didn't want to use the word cool, they they knew what needed to be done and how it needed to be done and the level it needed to be done. So um, when we got there, it, it, you have to go to a race. You can't even explain it. There's 40 different stations you have to go through to make sure the truck is legal. And, of course, everybody's cheating in some way. You're trying to bend this, twist that. This doesn't exactly fit. So you've got to be buddies with the inspectors so they'll kind of – Oh, yeah, whatever, that's close enough. So having someone that's been there week in, week out was a huge plus. They kept us on schedule. Um, They know the other teams, so we had a couple little snafus that we didn't catch at the shop that were updates that we didn't catch, so we had to do them at the track. Um, NASCAR was good. They gave us, you know, a little extra time to get it done, uh, you know, because it was our first week at the track. Um, when practice started, those guys were good at calling the shots. Um, Tim definitely is the one that woke it up between qualifying and the race. 
um, making changes. So, I mean, all that was was awesome. So this is your this was your first uh, NASCAR National Series start in a while. Um, you know, what's the competition like out there? I know Rowdy asked you about Kyle Busch. Uh, what's the competition like now in the NASCAR Craft and Truck Series? You know, before I went, I had to do a diversity um, class online, and it talks about, you know, um, you're not allowed to use words because you don't know how people grew up, you know, like foolish or knuckleheads or um, can't drive or a moronish, you know, pick a word, that, that they try and get you to not use those words when you talking about stuff, so to trying to answer your question is going to be difficult <laughs> if you get where I'm going. We, um, they, you get three three groups of people out there. You have people like Kyle Bush, those guys, that 100% know how to drive, and they know how to drive and make you do something you don't want to do, and that's how they get by. But they know both ends of the scale to the nth degree. Then you get guys that are out there that have bought their way in, that are driving, that don't care because they don't work on it. They don't work on the truck. They don't drive the truck. They don't do anything, right? They show up with a helmet bag. They go home with a helmet bag. Somebody's paying the bill, probably dead. So they're just doing stuff. They're doing stuff meaning you do a restart, then you're going into the turn. you got the front wheels half locked up because it's a restart and you know you have to get everything you can out of the truck and they'll go flying by around the inside it's three miles an hour faster like there's no way he's making the turn and you already got the wheels locked up so you can't slow down anymore so all you can do is go straight for a second so that guy can go flying off the racetrack in front of you so he doesn't collect you with him right and then you've got the third guy which is basically like me that is trying to be competitive. They're trying to do the best they can, but they're also trying to bring the truck home because they'd like to go run it again without costing them 20000 bucks in body repair. So I was stuck in this weird little world of, I'm with the, the mid-pack guys, which are always the worst guys because their trucks don't handle like mine, but they're not smart enough to do something about it, like drive accordingly. So I was constantly in defense mode that you do a restart. I mean, there's three separate times. There's freaking five wide, two or three turns in a row. But you can't slow down. But you can't give up five, six, seven, eight spots. You have to just sit and muscle it out. And then the whole time you're trying to decide risk versus reward. You know, you put yourself, you get an 80% chance of crashing and a 20% chance of making this. Do you go for the 20 or do you go for the 80, right? And that, that was the problem. That's what I was struggling with um, as far as kind of where your question generated from. When I watch TV and I watch all those guys, the Benedetto, all those guys that came up through the K&N series that I've raced with them at some point in my life, and you watch them move on and they're, you know, get to be – they give me huge respect. But when I go run with them like this weekend at the track – you kind of realize that, yes, he drives better, but what has really happened is he's got himself in better equipment. That when they're off, they're back running with me. 
and I'm setting them up and driving them by them, getting them to make foolish decisions and, you know, laughing to myself, like, how the hell am I making them make a foolish decision? I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm 62 years old. There's no way I should be able to outmuscle those guys. Well, you know, Dale, sometimes it's uh, mind over matter. So uh, a, a lot of seat time, too, isn't it, Dale? I mean, you have a lot of experience in seat time, and, and that, that's got to pay off. The sponsor is a company called Van Dyke Recycling Solutions. So they import, when you throw away your paper bottles and cans, they import all the systems that that disperse it, right, like a, like a waste management company that sort it out. And they have been with me 27 years. And part of the reason they're with me is that they register, and he he actually said it this weekend, and on that note, he he wants to go run mid-Ohio since we had a good day at CODA. And he he was talking to one of the customers up in the suite after the race, and his answer was, the guy asked the exact same thing. It was going on about driving. Well, how do you guys come in and actually be able to drive with those guys? And his answer was, we have a driver that is an ex-AMA Superbike pilot that was completely, this is my wording, top of the food chain racing mentality that those guys are way above everybody else. It's more like Formula One cars, right? You do something wrong, you're falling off at 150 miles an hour. It's you in the ground then. That his level of of uh, intelligence with racing was so far above most of these guys when he ran full-time in his 30s that the fact that he's 62 he still has forgotten more than most of those guys know. And the sponsor kind of chuckled, and he kind of looks at me, and, you know, of course, I'm 250 pounds, and says, you used to race motorcycles? And I said, are you calling me fat? (laughs) Trying to have fun with the situation. It is what it is. This is who I am at this point in my life. I can still get the job done. We can still up. We still prove it every week which is why the sponsors keep coming back, right? They still have fun, and that's the name of the game, right? It's a traveling circus. I said it the last time. Our job is to go and entertain. Their job is to have fun, right? If I do my job, their job is easy. Well, uh, Dale, the Daytona race, the Daytona ARCA 200, that was a really entertaining race. Uh, I've never seen nobody go sideways and, Mark Daytona down through there with such an even racing stripe. What was it right. like going through that that beautiful grass at what 185 sideways? I have the all that grass we took out of the grill. I kept it in a bag. The um, that video someone posted a meme of it. In the last time I saw it, it was at 12.1 million views. So I took all the grass out of the grill so it's got white paint and red painted on the grass it's all different colors and i was going to put it on ebay and sell it for cancer research with my girlfriend um we haven't got to it yet but we're working on it and um 
but sliding through the grass, the first part of it was I almost needed to change my underwear because we were sliding along at 165 miles an hour, and I had it floored. The tires are spinning, it's billowing smoke, it's filling up the cockpit, and then I lost track of where I was. I couldn't decide if I was going sideways or going forward, but I felt like I was going sideways, and the spotter's screaming at me, lock it down, 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 like, because I'm not doing it, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, shut up, and I got it matted still, matted meaning floored. I have it floored still, and it's still billowing smoke. And finally, I felt it hit the grass. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm in the grass. Okay, now I can lock it down. And I locked it down. That's why I slid through the grass. But because I kept it wide open, it stayed sideways instead of going forwards. And forward, the problem with forward is, I don't know if you guys have ever hit, done one, but when you hit that big white thing, it really hurts. I mean, it really hurts. I've hit it on go-karts, motorcycles, and the race car. Not once have I hit it, and it didn't hurt. Um, so I was trying to do everything I can to not hit it, even double the situation, right? I don't care if it hurts twice as much. I'm going to attempt not to hit it in the first place. So it ended up being a huge plus. Right. And it was the biggest meme of the Daytona 500 weekend, the most viewed watch video. Hey, Rowdy? Yes, that. Uh, I have one more question for for Dale here. I apologize. I kind of went out there. Um, just the phone hung up. Uh, Dale, my my last question I had for you was, um, where does running the truck rank in your career with all the other uh, vehicles that you've raced in your career? You know, and I'd love to give you a cool answer. I don't think the truck has anything to do with the cool answer. The cool answer was running the racetrack. Just being able to run a pro race at that facility was just the coolest thing, and especially being able to do it in the truck series, right? You got some of the best up-and-coming talent in the in the country running, all the best guys coming back down the run, and they were doing it just for that the same reason I wanted to do it. It's one of the coolest facilities in the country. So for me, it was Absolutely sensational. In my top ten list, it's probably 11th. Uh, Top to me was when we finished seventh in uh, Japan at Suzuka, the biggest motorcycle race in the world. Um, It's the top of the food chain. Everything else falls under that. So, uh, Dale, what was it like on the restarts? I mean, if you look at, at the restarts, they're five and six wide going uphill to make that first turn. The, I love the restarts, and I said it on the last program. The, my, um, when the caution comes out, my team starts clapping because we're going to get one or two guys on every single restart. So I thought it was great that there was five to six of us side by side, and it was relentless, right? You couldn't even, if you slipped, someone was beside you again. It didn't matter if it was seven turns from now. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't make a mistake if you wanted to keep going forward. So I thought it was great. It had a blast. I also thought some of the other guys were doing seriously foolish stuff, like way putting themselves in too much jeopardy. But the same guys I was thinking doing it, when I saw them at the end of the race, their trucks were destroyed, and mine had a couple of minor dents in it. 
So, uh, Mid-Ohio, the next race for you, Dale? So, my next race is actually uh, Portland, Oregon, and then the following week, Sonoma and the ACA Series will be my next races. We're, the next race in the truck, hopefully, will be Mid-Ohio. How do, how do you like Portland? I think we talked about Portland. Portland's before. awesome. Um, I, I get a whole story, but it takes a minute. We went there, used to go there years ago, like in the 83, 84, and... Uh, so it's great. It's like old home week when I go out there. Uh, it's just fun. It's just a fun little super tight facility, like relentless super tight facility. Dale, let's talk about the guys back in the shop that makes all this possible for you. It was me. I did the whole thing. Uh, I built a truck well, by myself. I built a truck. We built a trailer put brakes on the tractor trailer on the trailer before we left change the oil on my minivan it's just I'm the only one here at the moment and I'm, and I'm doing it on purpose I'm doing it because I as explained before I had some health problems and I got all that fixed and I feel great again and I'm trying to get in tune with the cars again what's really going on so I'm, I'm running that's why we're running a limited schedule so I can have more time to work on them, but I'm actually just doing it myself. And right. I'm not trying to ego sentence the thing. I'm just saying that's why I'm doing it. But, you know, Dale, with age comes wisdom, and don't it feel good to be able to go and be in the shop by yourself and be able to do everything that you want to do? Well, what was cool was, and even Tim, you know, G2G, had said it out there at some point, He's like, hey, I gotta give you, give you credit for um, the weekend. And I looked at him, and because I wasn't sure what he was talking about, so I had to ask. He says, we never turned a wrench, other than the couple of things we missed at the shop. He says, which was really my fault, because I came and looked at the truck and went over it and said it was fine. That I should have caught this stuff. You'd never been to the race, you didn't know. Um, but other than those couple of two little things. We never touched it, right? We never tightened the bolt. We never adjusted anything. We didn't. We never touched it. The only thing we did was take some um, tension off the front springs to get it to handle different. But other than that, we never touched it. So that that part was cool. And that's so you, something you guys talked about it before. There's very few people in the country that can do both, that can drive and wrench. Very few. But when you do find them, they're pretty successful because they know all the details it takes to get there. Right, right. Well, it, it's a catch-22, right? We have a tendency to overthink it because we know that too many pieces. But what also happens is, like, it might hurt me at the track a little sometimes, but when I come home, I have so much information in my head that, like, if I went over to Cowbush Motorsports today and got talked to those guys – if I could get them talking, not just one-word answers so I go away, but if I could actually get them talking like to help me, they would, when they start asking questions and I start answering them, they all start looking at one another as like, Jesus, he knows more information than the three freaking drivers we have. <laughs> right? In one weekend, he can answer more than they've answered. They've run all year. So that part's cool, right? So People that help me, uh, I mean, you have to be involved to, to get it. 
they they think I'm a psycho on one front, you know, and really appreciate me on the other. But it's a hard it's a hard line to decide which side I'm on. <laughs> well, uh, it, Dale, we always enjoy having you on. Uh, you know, I, I like the wisdom that comes with it because I. Unfortunately, you know, we get to see hang out with these young kids, and not all of them, but most of them, just like you said earlier, come out of the motorhome with their helmet, and they go get in the car, and you ask them a question about the car, they very little can they explain about it. Right, right, right. And it, the, uh, it makes a difference in the show that you see, too. So my Daytona car was a company called GMS Motorsports. And um, Daniel Dye drove it. It was the 43 car. So we bought it off of them, had some problems testing, come back, fixed it all, went back to the track. We had a good day, right? I, I, I messed up there too, right? But still, we had a good day. So I walked over to Daniel Dye has a truck now. He's driving a truck. So I walked over to say, because when I pulled his name off the roof, I left letters so out of Daniel Dye, I peeled all the letters to spell Dale. So it was D-A, big space L, big space E. Um, and people were looking at it like my son was driving him crazy. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this will get more attention than anything because of how we did it, which it did. It got printed in 20 different magazines and on 20 different websites that people thought it was cool that I didn't disrespect who owned the car before me is how they were looking at it. So I went over to Daniel Dye and said, hey, I did the best I could with our name. But I said our name, right, because it was really his it started with, and it turned into mine. And he was sitting in the truck at the moment, and he looks up and he says, oh, man, it was great. It was really great. Me and my father saw it. My father thought it was the greatest thing that they all got, you know, got huge kudos out of it for me respecting the situation and um in the, you know that's a a weird piece that is something that when you're trying to explain to a new guy stuff they're like well i don't care about him i'm like well i say that too i don't care about any of them i mean they're just a number but at some point you have to have some respect for something for people because that's what everything is based off of right i said otherwise we just go to the first turn and just plow in the guy in front of us and hold the floor and let him plow in the next six guys. And oh, well, now we got seven out of the way. We don't have to race them all day. I mean, at some point, you've got to have respect. And I said, well, and that's how you give it back. And that's how you get it back. With that being said, how was it racing with Daniel on the track? Yeah, uh, he was good. I actually drove by him, um, which was even better. Because <laughs> he's in a... I bet you his ride is probably a $2.5 million ride for the season. And I'm doing a one-off that, you know, we I put the truck together myself. With Van Dyke Baylor's on, on board. You know, you get to pass some of the top teams in the country. I mean, we it was great right up until I goofed and went out of bounds. That's got to feel good, Dale, to know that you put that car together at your shop. And you're passing teams like Daniels that, that, as engineers, working 24 hours a day on these cars. Well, I mean, we showed up. It was uh, 
two guys from G2G, the main two guys, and, we, and, and I keep forgetting to bring that up, <clears throat> that I bring my two sons with me, Alex and Aiden, and so there's, you know, four of us there running the whole situation, and then we hired a team to do the pit stops. So we got four guys there. They're showing up with six guys that work on the trucks, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we were able to, you know, do it. So the the whole piece is good. And, you know, and it's good that that um, we were able to put the sponsors together to do it, keep them happy. We were able to put the truck together, keep it happy. We were able to go run a decent race, get home in one piece, keep NASCAR happy. Right? There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that need to get boxes checked off. Otherwise, it's going to be a one-race deal. You're never going to get to race it again. Instead, I already have people on board that want to want me to go run Mid-Ohio, even though it wasn't on my schedule. They're like, oh, you got to run. you got to run. I'm like, well, we got to run. Someone's got to pay for it. We'll, we'll get it covered. Don't worry about it. You did good enough here. we got to run it again. That's the most important part in it, Dale, is they're going to pay for it. Right. Just like... Well, just like you guys, right? Because you guys have a program that's interesting and manage to get the right people on board, which is because you have a program that's interesting, that the circle starts, right? You got the right yes. people. You guys have the right questions. It's, it's laid out properly, and the viewers are entertained, right? So they keep coming back. They keep coming back. The sponsors stay on. The sponsors stay on. The radio station will flick the switch, right? It's a constant circle that never stops. Dale, what's it actually it like? looks like barbed wire when you're done, but <laughs> it's a constant <laughs> circle. <laughs> what's it like still with your boys, your son, still hanging with you at the track? What's that like? You know, it's it's cool and a pain all at the same time because my, my younger son wasn't in the race in at all until lately, and now he's pretty into it. He's 19, and uh, my oldest son is screaming at me, he wants me to get out of the seat so he can drive. Um, <laughs> but he's been motorcycle racing, not car racing, so I really want him to run the local Saturday night stuff, like, you know, pro stock, late model, something first, not just stick him in a $150,000 car, right, that he makes a decent mistake. And it's, I mean, you put a front clip on this thing, you know, and you're looking at twenty grand, you know, in one little wiggle, wiggle, flood. It's an easy twenty, thirty grand. So, um, so we're trying to get him in a local car at the moment. But what's cool is I have some pictures of. Um, actually, I have two that are awesome. One is me holding Alex, and where I got him standing on the radiator, and the hood's open, and I'm pointing at something, but he's like two and a half years old. I mean, he's just drooling, basically, looking at the motor. Not because it's cool. It's because he's drooling, right? He's cutting <laughs> teeth. And um, and I have another picture that's when we won Loudon in Winter Circle. My younger son, Aiden, is there, and he's two years old. And he's in the picture with me, and we got the trophy and the car behind me, and we're in Winter Circle, and, you know, you got 50 people in front of you, and you're doing, you're doing the hat dance at the moment. But he's there. And he's just got that blank look on his face, like, what's going on? So you go from that to we get to run our first truck pro race together. It took me till I was 60 years old to do it. But we did it. 
and they see, they're old enough to see the coolness of it, right? I can't believe we're at a truck race, and I really can't believe we're at a truck race with my father, the freaking guy 60 years old. And not only that, we're competitive, right? But that's, that's, to me, that's the fun, cool part of it. That they, they're old enough to register what's going on. You're not just there with them. Hi, Dale. You got Kyle again. Uh, my, I had one more. I just had one follow-up for you. Um, hey, you, you, are, you did once, twice already. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, um, but you know, I, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, you know, we had you back. Thanks for coming back. But I wanted to ask you is, what is the rest of your season looking like? I know you were talking about a little bit about mid-Ohio, um, you know, and with Coda being a one-off. So, I mean, are you looking at like me running any more marks this year? Is that it? So our, our tentative schedule, and I, it was set in stone, but they keep changing it, is our next thing is um, Portland, Oregon, following week Sonoma, ACA Series road races. Then we come back and we run – Mid-Ohio, and then three weeks later, I think, we were in Watkins Glen, and then Watkins Glen's on a Friday, and on Sunday is a dirt race in either Springfield or the Coin, Illinois, and then there's two weeks and then another dirt race, either Springfield or the Coin, I don't know which one's which, um, is our schedule. But because we did well enough at the truck race, and we were mid-pack, and I was screaming how bad it was handling if we could get it fixed, it could be a top 10 ride. Now the Van Dyke Recycling Solutions kind of wants me to run it at mid-Ohio. And I'm pretty assured, as much of the ego as I have, I can't do both. i got to pick either. i got to run the Aqua car i got to run the truck. But I don't think I can drive them, get out of one and get in the other, especially since the Aqua race runs first. Well, so, but uh, that's my schedule. I just got to decide which which one I'm going to drive at Mid Ohio. Speaking from experience, sometimes it, it I, you know, I made decision this weekend: do I go this race and this race back to back, or do you take your time and go do a good job on Saturday at one and survive the weekend instead of trying to hustle from one track to another from Friday night to Saturday night. Uh, Dale, let's talk about your spot, the happy sponsors that you got that makes you go around at the track. So uh, I brought them up a couple times. The primary sponsor is called Van Dyke Recycling Solutions, which they import recycling equipment. So companies like Waste Management, would anything that's in one of their buildings would come through Van Dyke. And um, they do a sensational job on their end. Um, like they've been with me, like I said, I think 28 years. Um, we've got uh, ACI Electrics on board. Um, there's a company that I've been with for 35 years, I think, called Motul. And they uh, are an oil company that makes the best oil. You see them in the background in all the Formula One races, both motorcycle and car. You'll see their banners in the background. They're huge, and um, what's cool about them is they, if a, some, one of the companies, you know, Porsche, BMW, blah, 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 come out with some new car and it takes some special oil, 
then they'll design an oil that whatever's out there is better than what's out there, and it doesn't take them six years to do it. You know, the car comes out in 2024, they'll have an oil ready for it when it gets here. So they're really cool. Safety-wise, I have uh, Arai helmets that definitely keep your noggin in one piece as much as one piece as my noggin can be at this point in my life. Um, it, it's great to have them, you know, on board. Um, and, you know, of course, you've got the family that you can't give them enough kudos for how much abuse they have to go through. Um, my girlfriend screams at me constantly about, hey, where are you going? I don't know. And then the next thing you know, where are you going? I'm going to Texas for four days. Well, I asked you yesterday. Well, I wasn't thinking about it. That's right. my strategy, so, Dale. Right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, because um, when I started mentioning what tracks I was going to this past weekend, it's like, well, you didn't mention that one. I'm like, well, that's that's on the list. I just didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, my girlfriend, Brooke, is a Miss Smarty Pants. Um, she just got her doctorate, so she's actually Dr. Kissler now, uh, in quantitative research as it applies to the nursing practice. And I'm like, so you're really going to use all those giant words to say how we teach somebody. She says, it cost me, and it took me 45 pages to do it, to get it approved. And then when she got it approved, she actually got it uh, uh, printed in the medical journals. So she's actually been published twice already also. So that part of my life is cool, too, that on my personal side I have someone backing me up that's really smart and on top of it and likes to do stuff um, but because she's so driven and I'm so driven and we're in different columns that God only knows when we actually go do something together and you know it's kind of getting off of that Dale when you're out doing something together and people know her as a in her field, and, and they look at you and ask, what do you do? And you say, I'm a race car driver. What's the look on their face? So when I was married, I hate going to parties because I can only stand it so long that somebody's over there drinking and they're running their mouth. And finally, I just can't take it anymore, and I have to. And, of course, I do it. I suck them in. You ask a couple of questions to get them backed in a corner and then hit them with it. And there's no way out. And it proves that they're <laughs> foolish, right? Yeah. So um, because I'm a race car driver, I don't know anything, right? I mean, that's basically what we're talking about. I'm, 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 a, I'm a 10th grade high school dropout. That's what I am, right, in reality. I left school 10th grade. If you talk to my mother from that moment on, it was the worst day of her life. She just didn't realize it was the best day of her life. From that moment on, it was straight up. I never found it again once I got out of school. I just couldn't stand that environment. So, to answer your question, we're at a party, and this guy comes in, and he goes to shake my hand, and he's like, uh, they introduced me, and, it, you know, and it's Dr. Mike. And I'm like, how you doing, Tom? Because his first name's Tom. I happen to know, you know, know what his name is. And he looks at me, and he says, Dr. Mike. And I'm like, I know, Tom. I know what your name is. And he says, no, it's Dr. Mike. I'm like, well, hold on a second. You spent, what, 
two million bucks, million bucks to go to school and get a piece of paper that says you're Dr. Mike? He's like, yes, and I'm proud of it. I'm like, okay. Well, I spent four million bucks going racing to learn what I know. So if you want to call me Racer Dale, I'll call you Dr. Mike. But until you call me Racer Dale, I ain't calling you Dr. Mike. Just because you spent money and got a piece of paper doesn't make you somebody better than me. Well, it's just a respect thing. I'm like, well, I never got the respect thing. I'm not in your office. I'm not calling you Dr. Mike. Right? I can see Mr. President. Right? That would make sense. Right? Whether he's in office or out of office, I can see calling her Mr. President. Right? That's a different deal. But he was just so pissed off that there's no way I'm calling this guy Racer Dale. Right? But I spent more money learning what I know than he does. He can't do what I do. I can't do what he does. Right? To me, I, we we had our own we had our own columns we were good in, and we both deserve respect from one another's on what we could do. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, right. I I see it with people with uh, teaching doctorates, and no, my name's not. It's doctor. I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> maybe, but I don't right. want you doctoring on me. <laughs> well, you, you, so go back to the beginning, right? This is me burying somebody in a corner in a short conversation. You're teaching school and you're teaching business degree, you know, 9,000, not 101. You're the top of the food chain, right? Business degree, 9,000. And you make a hundred grand a year. Like, what? I make more than that wheeling and dealing, selling campers and cars and motorcycles. I make more than that. That I'm going to call you professor because you teach college at a hundred grand a year, right? If you were that smart, you'd be in the real world making a hundred million a year. Yep. I can make you pay wheeling and dealing, freaking use motorcycles, having fun doing it, not dealing with kids driving me crazy. Right, but then it's a tough. And it, I know people are on the other end of the radio going to be, oh, he's uh, you know, starting to get mad. But it's a, it's a, <clears throat> it's a tough line. If you want to, to me, if you want to prove something, be self-employed. Right, you never know uh, when the next piece is coming from. Right, well, my that... my freaking medical insurance is a nine hundred ninety-eight dollars a month. I suffered through that. That uh, I've pretty much my whole life was self-employed, and it was up to me to find that next job. And sometimes, you know, you being sixty, me being over sixty, we it wasn't always rosy times all those years. And you know, sometimes when you're self-employed, you got to shuffle up and change what you were doing. You got to move with with the times. And and I was fortunate enough to move with the times also. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's self-preservation. That's what we're talking about. I drive a 2000 Toyota Sienna minivan, 150,000 miles on it, and it's nice and clean. It's a great little truck. And people constantly like, man, I can't believe you drive this. And when I ask them why, they're like, you're a race car driver. I mean, you should be in a BMW or something. I'm like, dude, when I get home, I want to cruise down the road with the radio on and the air conditioner on. 
I don't even want to be on a motorcycle. When I race motorcycles, I didn't even have a street motorcycle. I want to cruise down the road with the seat back, the radio on, the air conditioner on. Uh, I recover during the week. I go 100% well, on the weekends. I, I travel in the 2002 Chevrolet Suburban with 381,000 miles on it, and I'm going to continue to keep going to the races. And when that's over, I'm going to put another motor in it and keep going. It's paid for. It enables that's me right. to do extra things that a lot of people don't get to do. They, how do you get yep, to go well, to all these that, races? You know, I'm not driving right. no big four-wheel drive truck either. So, Yeah, that's the point, right? It's It's self-preservation. I have... Four hundred thousand dollar race cars. I have fifteen motorcycles sitting here, paid for. You know, we go motorcycle racing seven times a year just for fun. Um, you know, there's all types of stuff we get to do just because we do it accordingly. Right? Don't get carried away because I got to run a truck in Texas that I'm a somebody. I'm not a somebody. When I walk in the to uh, Jimmy John's, the lady says, "Can I help you?" She has no idea who I am. All she knows is after I say something, I want a number nine. She says, that'll be 1269 please. And if I don't pay her, I don't get it. That's, that's right. That's all she knows. Dale, man, we really appreciate you coming and spending time with us. Uh, uh, tell everybody where they can keep up with the rest of your season this year and keep up with Dale Quarterly. So we're on um, Facebook. It's just my name, Dale Quarterly, L-E-Y, though, Quarterly. And um, we have a, um, I have a website, DaleQuarterly.com. I don't know if it's updated. I've been so busy lately I haven't even been on it. But there's a website also, DaleQuarterly.com. But Facebook's the best way. Um, we're on it pretty regularly trying to post pictures and update stuff. Dale, we, we surely appreciate you coming back on. I've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing and meeting you in Watkins Glen. I'd like to know how you keep getting away with uh, pushing the button on the panel right in front of you and asking your partner out that it ends up being just me and you, and he only gets to ask one question three different times. Well, unfortunately, Kyle, go ahead. Kyle's at work. <laughs> Kyle's still under See? 60. <laughs> yeah. I do it all, Dale. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So, all good. Uh, I appreciate Dale, you guys calling. Hopefully, uh, people enjoy it. Uh, we enjoyed Dale, it. I enjoyed on. it, Dale. Kyle likes to get me and you together because we're around the same age. He said he thinks we both enjoy it, which today was absolutely golden, Dale. Thanks a lot for being part of the show. Right. All right, I appreciate it. If I can help again Thanks. in the future, give me a jingle. We'll do Thanks, it, Dale. Thank you. I'm Talk to you guys later. I think how lucky uh, I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. Okay, Kyle, Dale Quarterly, what, what a guest today. Man, what a good way to finish the live section. And we're going to go back and play the winners. We got Zane Smith, A.J. Armerdinger, and Tyler Reddick coming up next. But uh, 
Dale was absolutely great, Kyle. Thanks a lot for being able to get Dale back on the show. No problem, Rowdy. I didn't know he was going to last 47 minutes, but uh, I can't wait to hear it now. Um, yeah, uh, you know, doing my best here, you know, I was trying to, you know, I, I worked till 10. Like I was supposed to work till 10, Rowdy, you know the deal. You know how that goes sometimes. But, uh, yeah, um, that has been a weird morning, but uh, thanks again to Dale Corley for coming on. Uh, good, good to see him running well in the truck race, running the top 20 for most of the race. Uh, that definitely helped. Um, no, he had that little little miscue there toward the end, but we lap finish uh, 28th for for GTG G two G racing rowdy, and I want to say thank you to them as well for retweeting us. Uh, you know, for for Dale's appearance, and Dale was absolutely fantastic today. So I uh, thanks enough to him and the and the quarterly family for uh, letting them have him on. So uh, yeah, definitely a, a great guest, and hope to have him on again soon, rowdy. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll see him at Watkins one. Well, hey, uh, kudos goes out to Tim, man. He's really put a good team together with that G2G racing. Uh, that's not bad for for what he's put together there. Expecting a lot more coming in the future from Tim in, the, in that group. But, Kyle, we got Zane Smith gets win number two for the 2023 season. Yeah, back-to-back wins for Zane Smith Rowdy. Uh, Saturday's winners were uh, the repeat winners from the year before. So uh, Zane Smith uh, didn't 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 luck into this one, Rowdy. He won it fair and square. Absolutely, and melted the tires down and caught the truck on fire. Yeah, that was a little crazy uh, seeing that, but uh, still Zane Smith on fire, literally Rowdy. He's like Ricky Bobby, you know. So. Um, but, uh, you know, Zane Smith, all kidding aside, has been really doing really good this year. I think the cup, the cup experience has been really good. And Rowdy, uh, front row had a pretty good weekend. Uh, Todd Gillen finished 10th in the cup race. So, uh, you know, they, they had a fairly decent weekend. Um, third, third win in a row at Coda for front row motorsports in the truck series, all three truck races, they've won them. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to see Zane, uh, running good and, um, it's good to see no cautions on the sta- at the stage breaks as well, Rowdy. That was that was definitely nice to see as well. Kyle, we're running out of time here. Let's see here if I can extend it. Oh. All right, Rowdy, we're good for another half hour. Okay, okay, Kyle, good. All right, so uh, I'm going to go back here. to the, I, You beat me to it. Uh, All right, Rowdy, you had 30 seconds, so we had to get it done. Yeah, so Kyle, I didn't realize that it was pretty much carbon copy from last year. Well, Saturday was. Uh, Sunday was a little, I thought it was a little more of a chaotic race. Yeah. Than last year, um, three overtime attempts. I mean, that's a little bit. That's a lot. It but, was. You know, Tyler uh, Reddick had the best. But Tyler Reddick had the best car, and didn't really surprise me. You know, I, I know Kurt was cheering for him, but I said last year, Rowdy, I think Kurt Busch had a chance to make the championship for in that car, and I can, I can see Tyler Reddick winning it all in that car. That's that's one of the best cars in the series, and you know they they've been close, and they finally got the job done here on a Sunday. 
All right, we got Dane Smith here real quick. We are Eight now minutes. joined by winner of today's Expel 225, driver of the number 38 front row motorsports Ford, Zane Smith. Zane, this is your ninth truck series win, second at Coda, back-to-back. -back. How does it feel to be in victory lane again? Yeah, super cool. Uh, not only for myself, but FRM in general. This is their undefeated at Coda in general, so... Uh, they have one in the rain and, and two in the dry, and, and especially this year, there is a, a stacked field. And so, um, just really happy to, to be here, and um, we're kind of, it's deja vu of last year. We won Daytona, and then this is my second win, so um, just uh, an awesome year so far. Great to rebound after last week, and um, always just a fun time on road courses in general. Awesome. We'll go ahead and open it up to questions. Let's go up here to Rob. Rob Pionson for the PodiumFish.net. Got a couple of questions for you, Zane. First of all, congrats on winning at Austin once again. What is it about this track that suits your driving style? And secondly, do you kind of wish you hadn't burned out your total, uh, your winning truck today? Yeah, yeah. Besides victory lane, today was uh, was pretty smooth for the most part. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I love road road courses in general. Um, I feel like just from late. Two years ago, I had finally figured it out, and we were done with the road courses. And then when I moved over to front row, uh, I was able to apply what I've learned in the past couple of years to to this group and and their road course program uh, already was pretty strong. And then I felt like we've just made it stronger with time. And so, um, <clears throat> Coda is uh, definitely one of the most proper and most fun road courses. I feel like on the high speed section uh, is where we are the strongest. Um, and that's what makes this place fun, is you pick what side you want to be good on. If you want to be good on the low speed stuff, you're going to struggle on the high speed, and if you're good on the high speed, you're going to struggle on the low speed. So it's just uh, trying to find that happy medium, and I feel like we have a pretty good package for you, obviously. Let's go to Pop Pop, Chris. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. So do you know how your car, your truck caught fire? Did it, was it the flap or was there some rubber? Do you have any idea? I think it was, uh, which I didn't think about this obviously, the rubber built up on the mud flap and then it had just caught fire. And um, I didn't know. It didn't catch on fire when I was inside the truck. I had gotten out and it was white smoke and then all of a sudden I'm just covered in black smoke and I could hardly breathe. And so um, I don't, before I knew it, there was whistling telling everyone to get out of the way and uh, it's kind of scary there for a minute, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, uh, decently sized fire. Um, but yeah, like I said, there wasn't really a mark on it all race long, and then <laughs> victory lane's kind of a different story. I don't know. I'm probably in trouble after this one. I don't know how many more burnouts I'm going to be allowed to do. Do we have any other questions for Zane? Go right back up here. Zane, how much confidence does this season give you? I'm, I'm imagining this is going to be sort of your farewell season to the truck series as you're hoping to go up to the top series of NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, you see a lot of people get, get rushed to the Cup Series, ah. and um, I've kind of been there, and um, I just, I'm with a really good group right now, and, and these trophies are extremely hard to come by, no matter who you are. And um, I'm 23 years old, and... Uh, I hope to be in this sport for a very long time, but I want to try to collect as many of these trophies as I can, and 
um, build my confidence up as much as I can to hopefully see Sunday one day, and uh, when I get there, I could be ready to go. Steven? Um, Steven Stump, frontrush.com. Uh, Kyle Bush obviously was leading until that caution went back to, I think, 16th. Uh, when he was making that initial run through the field and went up to third in just a couple of laps, what was going through your mind when, or I mean, if the team told you anything? Yeah, I knew he was going to get up there fast, but um, this year for me has been a lot of deja vu. And today especially, the roles were reversed with me and him. Um, he got last year I got the stage win and then he short pitted in that final stage with about 15 12 to go whatever it was same exact for us he had gotten to start on the pole and I think I started 18th and was fortunately able to uh, get up there and, and contend for the win and I mean it was the exact same thing this year just like I said we were on opposite sides of it so I thought he was gonna have a caution there but um, I was surprised um, how fast he got to third in a way, uh, just with the amount of traffic and, and whatnot. But um, I knew while he was trying to get through traffic, I needed to put together some really good laps yet still save something for the end if it was gonna come down to me and him. And so um, I charged hard. Uh, those first four laps built up about a six second lead. And, um, and then pretty much the rest of the, the race just managed brakes I started getting a really soft pedal, and so um, was just trying to manage that. And um, and obviously, tire fall off is big here, and so um, just kind of bounced him back from five seconds to six seconds. Uh, I just did not want him in striking distance. He is so strong under the braking zones, and so fortunately, I was able to keep him back there, and we're able to get another Coda Trophy. Thank you. Yep. Dustin Obino, Zane, you kind of hit on this earlier, but why do you feel like you are so comfortable on these road courses? Yeah, um, I, I'm really not sure. I mean, I grew up uh, racing carts, I feel like, half my life now. So um, just a bunch of really competitive karting. Um, a lot of my friends that I grew up karting with are winning races on the IndyCar side. I have people that I grew up karting with even on the F1 side. And it's really cool to, to see where we've all ended up. I'm happy I ended up on the NASCAR side of things. but. Um, yeah, I mean, just I feel like my karting background, and I ran some uh, road courses in <clears throat> legend cars and then kind of grew away from it. And then uh, my first uh, road course start in a stock car was in a truck, and it took me some time learning it. It's a lot of the time slower is faster in some areas, but then when you need to get after it, you, uh, you get after it. And I just feel like I've kind of found that, but um, just road course racing gets me so excited. Yeah, well, I mean, the two big ones I want to name off, I, I guess, on the IndyCar side is Colton Herta. Um, him and I grew up racing literally every single weekend together on the West Coast. And then uh, on the F1 side, Logan Sargent. Um, it's just really cool to, one, see an American on, on the F1 side again, but uh, Colton also killing it in IndyCar. Yep. Hey, Zane, Rodney Rodriguez, HornFM.com. Uh, talk about track conditions today. Uh, extremely hot. Uh, I know humidity yesterday was a factor, but uh, with tire wear and grip and such, um, how was that on your drive today with the Texas heat? Yeah, I, uh, I heard that um, Ty and 
and Kyle were, were super hot. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was hot out there, but um, I've definitely been hotter. Um, like I said, my, my race was relatively smooth, and, and I was just trying to pace myself there. Um, but I can assure them I was probably the hottest in, in victory lane when I was on fire. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally like uh, when these hotter races come around. Uh, I'm one over the cold, but I feel like the training side and, and how hard you work during the week really comes out on these hotter races. Yep. Do we have any final questions for Zane? All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you for your time. Thanks. All right, Zane Smith winning race number two there, Kyle. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, you were at the first one, and uh, now uh, another win for Zane Smith uh, for the second year in a row. He wins Daytona and Coda. Go figure. So uh, three in a row for Front Row Motorsports, Dakota, and the Truck Series. Um, they won all three. Uh, Todd Gillen the first year and Zane Smith the last two years. Rowdy, I, I know you and I were chatting about this last year in mid-Ohio with Parker Klingerman and Zane Smith at the end of that race, and, you know, you, you clearly told me Zane Smith's a cup driver, and, uh, you know, Zane got those six races this year in the 38 car. I think that's going to be really big for him. Um, Jensen Button, uh, 18th uh, in the race, Rowdy, um, in the cup race Sunday. Uh, just uh, had, had some ringers around, and I think the biggest disappointment of the weekend, Rowdy, was uh, Jimmy Johnson um, not even being able to run a lap getting caught up in a crash and ending his race because uh, the team extended the time of the crash clock. So I uh, ran out of time, and um, unfortunately, uh, the, the seven-time champ was the first car to not finish. So uh, yeah, interesting weekend, Rowdy. I, I enjoyed all the races. I, You know, Dale Quarterly was awesome. Um, I'm glad he came on. I didn't expect him to be that long, but it was actually a nice surprise because uh, it took up an hour there, and, you know, we have all this great audio to play as well. All right, we got AJ coming on, and let's uh, listen to Chevrolet for Colleague Racing. We're going to go straight to questions for AJ. Please raise your hand. I have one more. question first. You have a question? Yeah, because uh, I did an interview earlier today, and uh, the person I did the interview with said if I won, he was going to do a uh, he was going to sing live for everybody in the media center. So Rob, what? We'll do that after I'm done with this, honestly. I don't know if I need to hear it, but he said he would. So he's All taking right. requests. He said his favorite song to sing is Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get through the Q&A first, and then we'll get to that. All right. We'll open it up to questions. We'll start here with Bob, and then we'll go to Rob, and then Holly. Bob Parker is Fox Sports. Did you think you were doomed when you got spun? And then can you also take us through the contact with Sheldon, who felt like he gave you enough room? Um, well, the, the first question, Bob, uh, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure how the race was going to play out with, with no stage breaks now. You're not really sure what strategy everybody's going to kind of play on. Um, I know we had a, a, a really fast car, uh, but it was – about trying to get back up there and how the race was going to play out. If it, you know, just went straight out green, I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew we had one pit stop to go. Um, I was more worried when I first got out of the wreck. I thought I had damage to the car because there was a lot of smoke inside the car. Um, so I was more worried about that at first. And then I kind of, the, t the fenders cleared themselves, and, and I kind of realized, okay, the, the car's okay at least. 
Um, so just trying to get back up there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I hate having contact for the lead like that. It's not something that, you know, I get really excited about. Um, he was struggling through the, the triple right-hander, and I tried to make a move in the left-hander and, and, you know, made sure I stayed off him. And we got slid in behind him, and he was struggling. And I, I popped out and thought, I'm here at least. And it's just a tough angle. When I turned in, I thought I had made a point that I was far enough alongside. He turned in, and it's just a kind of a tight corner, at least the grip side of the racetrack. So, um, you know, if William wasn't right behind me, I'd have probably been more patient. But I kind of felt like whoever got to the lead first might be the guy that won the race. So I knew I needed to be aggressive. And, um, yeah, I... I as it happened, it, I just took like a couple laps to kind of get the, the energy back inside me. Um, he was doing a great job. Um, I know it doesn't help him at all, so it's not what I want. I thought I was far enough along and, and thought I was turning in early enough, and he was still turning to make the corner and just contact. So I, I, he has all the right to be mad. I thought I was there, but, you know, it's – the way it goes. Everybody's got opinions about it, so it's not the way I wanted to take the lead. We'll go to Robin and Holly. Rob T. Youngson from the PodiumFinish.net. AJ, it was such, such a rough and tumble race, but uh, without the cautions between the stages, how much of a game changer was that for you to make your rally back to the front? And uh, also, too, you know, when Chris Rice kind of got upset, you were talking earlier about having cohesiveness. What was your role in the radio to get everyone to calm down and kind of focus on getting back to the win? Well, that's news to me because he was, he was on the second channel screaming, so I never heard it, so I was fine. Um, but, yeah, it just, it, it's, you know, that, that first yellow flu kind of like rated a tough time, right, because it was going to split the strategy up. We had made a, uh, just a decision that we were going to pit on lap 15, that was our, our first pit stop to get through the first kind of stage, and, and that was what we were going to run to. Uh, and it worked out well because even when I restarted with those guys on new tires, I was still able to pull away, so I knew my car was good. Um, but once that second caution hurt because it allowed them to stay out and me have to restart in the middle of the pack, and then that's what happens on a restart. You just get kind of pile-driven into the field. So... Uh, that was, it, it's part of it. I knew being back there that's something that's going to happen, especially the way this turn one is. So once I kind of calmed down, because I thought the car was damaged, and that was the frustrating thing. Once I calmed down and realized the car was okay, then it was just about trying to make back up to the lead. And we had a really good restart in the next one to kind of get right on the edge of the top ten right away, and I could see we were starting to run them down. So the damage, all the damage we had was definitely hurt the speed of the race car, but was... Uh, just good enough there at the end. AJ. Holly. <laughs> Do you almost feel at this point that you could come back and win one of these road course races no matter what gets thrown at you? Because today was not an easy one. You've had many that are not easy, and you're just amazing on the road courses. I mean, what, talk a little bit about the confidence that you have despite something like what happened today. Well, I, the, the first green flag run gave me a lot of confidence. You know, that was, I wasn't, I knew the 17 was going to be really fast. I thought he might be the car to beat on the long run. 
uh, but my that first run the car was so good on old tires it's probably the best car we've ever had uh, in a long run just because you know we've always fought kind of losing the rear tires as a run goes on and it's just I could manage the lap times the whole time and whenever I wanted I could pull a half second to three quarters of a second so that gave me a lot of confidence saying okay like we might have the setup today and uh, you know just it, you just I think it's more than anything that you just know that with these ex especially the Xfinity race but cup races are the same way it's you get restarts like that and the strategy gets mixed up you got to just be ready that you might get caught up in something so um, yeah once I the the restart when I had to restart 25th after the wreck I got a really good restart and I could still see the leaders and I thought okay now now you can just reset this race inside your head and start trying to pick them off one by one and we were still catching the leaders as that was happening so that definitely helped a lot. Go ahead. Hey Jay, uh, White Watson with FrenchStretch.com. Um, that last long run to the checkered flag wasn't easy with uh, William Byron right be right behind you. Uh, what did it take to keep him behind you during that last run? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, he was. I mean he's he's arguably one of the best right now, if not the best. Right, winning a couple of Cup races on the pole tomorrow. Uh, we know what that race car is, so. The, the thing that I was really struggling with was with the damage, I started overheating the front brakes. And because of that, it was getting tighter and tighter, uh, the front end was, and then I was having to use the rear tires up to try to help the car turn. So uh, that was that was the biggest struggle. I knew I kind of had the pace, but as with five to go, the pedal was starting to get soft, and it was just real easy to lock up the front tires. And every time I did that, I was getting just slower and slower at, at apex uh, so three to go I never looked in the mirror and I tried to put a as hard as I could lap in as perfect as I could and I came off 20 coming two to go and I thought okay that was a good lap and I looked in my mirror and he was closer and I was like crap uh, this is gonna be tough but I knew the sections he was look I could watch him and see where he was quick so I just knew I had to try to hit those, those hit those sections as, as good as I could and luckily um, that first half of the, the last lap I, I nailed and was able to get like a five, six car length gap so I knew he couldn't get to my bumper at least um, and that made all the difference in the world. Any additional questions for AJ? Go ahead, Chris. Chris Nightcatchance.com. AJ, how do you feel about your car tomorrow and how do you feel like knowing, experiencing what's like to race without caution at that stage break? How do you think that'll plan out for the Cups? Yeah, it's uh, we got better today, Chris. That yesterday was bad. I mean, we it was really bad. We were struggling. Uh, Squid and, and all the guys made good changes in qualifying. We still we still need to be better. Like what the times that Reddick and and Byron and William put in in qualifying, that was that was an, another level than we have right now. But we at least got it closer. We're gonna make some changes going into tomorrow. You know, we're definitely on the Cup side. A little bit off on just outright speed, but at least we're in the ball game. I liked today that I went quickest on my third lap on tires, which yesterday we were just using the rear tires up first lap out. So we got it closer. I don't know if it's a race winning car, but I think we can fight inside the top 10 and, and at least give ourselves a shot and we see how these races play out. You just got to be there at the end and, and you at least have a shot at it.
We'll go to Trey in the middle. We'll get a mic to you, Trey. AJ, uh, Trey here from iHeart. Uh, were you surprised that there weren't as many like uh, track limit penalties? There weren't any, actually. And there was so much talk about that all this weekend. It looked like there were a bunch of cars that kind of went off the racing groove. Yeah, it, it's that section's just tough. Like I, I, I wish we had more. We have guidelines, right? We know what four tires off, but it's so much time if you can be right on the ragged edge of straight shooting it and not getting called for it, or being right on the edge of, of you know actually being legal and. I mean, you can make up a half second through that section by just doing that. So, you know, the way I try to race is you don't you don't want to be so close that you are the guy that they have to make a decision on because once they make the call, you're not going to fight it. It's their call. I wish we had curving there to at least give us guidelines. And, you know, if you get shoved off that's just, or you make a mistake, that's your own fault. But it is what it is. And you just you just try to be as smart as possible. You know, I think... It comes down to when you're chasing somebody, you you take a little bit more. But when I was leading, I was just trying to be smart and never be on that edge of them having to make a call on me. AJ, I have a question that was texted to me. Uh, what was your philosophy on choosing lanes since you often wanted the inside lane while the team wanted you on the outside lane? Yeah, it. so the inside still can be better, but I didn't expect the first start to be like we were racing for the last lap there. That was, I shouldn't have not been shocked by it, but it's like they come blitzing in there and I was like, okay. And then the second restart, or the, so what, what got me in trouble there was uh, I took the inside lane, I thought it was fine, and uh, I think it was a 48 right at the last second, went basically as far left as possible. And once you get put in the middle, you're just in a bad spot. So after that, it was, a, Took the outside a couple times. Um, you know, I still think up front, it's better to be on the inside, but I just I just gave too much room, I guess, and, and allowed somebody to get to the inside of me. That's what you can't do is let somebody fully get to the inside of you because now you're four wide in the middle and, and you're just kind of at will of what, of what happens. So, um, you know, tomorrow could be a little different, could be the same. All right, anything final for AJ? All right, AJ, congrats on the win. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Billy Scott, the crew chief, and Denny Hamlin, the owner. Uh, congratulations, gentlemen, on this big win here at CODA. Uh, we'll get right to questions. If you have questions, please raise your hand and we'll get you a mic. We'll start up here to Jim, Bob, Rob, and around the room. Jim Motor Motorsport.com. For both of you, could you just talk a little bit about uh, being able to reach this point today after the rough start that you've had to the season? Yeah, it was a rough start in uh, some respects, um, certainly on the finishing positions. Um, but I think the important thing is that uh, we always knew it was there for speed. Um, so I think this was a. Uh, I'm just thinking. Um, you know, we always had the speed there. Uh, you know, Daytona crashed racing for the lead. Um, you know, Vegas had an incident there running inside the top five. So um, I think it was just a matter of time. So it's not like we were, um, you know, wrecking out of races 
run in the back. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter. Nice to finally finish it off, though. Brother Bob? Yeah, uh, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, we. it looked bad on the scorecard for the first three races, but he kind of explained it. And we knew that it was just, you know, too small of a sample size to honestly judge uh, where they were at. We knew that they were fast and, um, you know, knew it was a matter of time before they kind of marched their way up towards the front. So it's good for them to, you know, finally get the finishes they deserve. And, and you know, even even though at the beginning of the year they, they had finishes that probably they didn't. So uh, certainly it's uh, they got an opportunity to build a lot of playoff points between now and the start of the playoffs and hopefully make a run. Bob? Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Denny, you had probably a good view of all the craziness there in the last three over in the three overtimes. How would you describe it? And do you feel, I mean, do you feel fortunate at all that you know that Reddick won that race? I mean, he had to. I mean, how rare is it to be to kind of hold everybody off there for you know four restarts? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a big pressure situation probably for Tyler because. You've been the dominant car all weekend. You've had the field covered. And you know at, at that point when you're leading the race, it's your race to lose. You know, there's not much to gain. There's only a lot to lose if, if he doesn't execute, right? So um, for him to, to manage those pressure situations and um, execute on restarts, it's, it's huge. I mean, trust me, I, you know, it's you get back where I'm at in, in the middle of the field and it's just, chaos right and so um, you know it, it, it's just a matter of whether the lane you pick there's a car sitting in the middle of the track or not whether you're going to get through but it seems like the, the racing is a lot cleaner in the first few roads the, the one time the strategy worked out perfect we restarted third on the first screen white checkered uh, I got a cut tire and so um, just just bad luck and and whatnot but you know I think this is a lot about Tyler's poise and it's what I saw all week in his performance, not only the simulator, but <clears throat> is it like the Oscars where y'all give me the music? Um, it's, uh, he, he just slows everything down. He's running fast, but he's doing it in slow motion, which is just a sign of someone that's in control. Yeah, I don't know if it's good chaos or not. I mean, right, we, we had two laps to go two hours ago, and, and it just felt like it just kept going on and on. You know, I, again, I don't know what we do about it. Um, I'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we'll go to Rob and then Jeff. Rob Tianson from thepodiumfinish.net. My question's actually going to be for both Denny and for Billy. How validating is this victory knowing what you guys saw in Tyler Reddick long before he got to be in this number 45 ride with the circumstances uh, surrounding Kurt Busch? Yeah, no, I think it's why they got him, right? I mean, we knew what his potential was. He's, you know, road courses is where he's shown it in the last six, eight months, um, being pretty dominant on several occasions. Um, but we know he's got that ability everywhere. Um, you know, the last two weeks showed that, that had a, had a shot to win it coming down the last screen wide checkered. And, uh, you know, again, it's nice to finish it off here, but, um, you know, that's completely what we knew he was capable of and, and uh, expect there's more to come. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's why I went after him as early as I did. I just, I, I didn't, I wanted to get the jump on all the other teams because I knew he was going to be the most coveted free agent. 
in a very, very, very long time. So um, that's why I got the jump on it. Now it cost me a lot of money to do it, <laughs> but uh, it pays dividends. You have to you have to have that driver that you feel like can carry you to championships and wins for decades. And I think that uh, we have that guy. Um, and it's not going to stop at road courses, uh, dirt racing, short tracks, speedways. He's just He's got what it takes on every racetrack we go to. Jeff. Uh, Billy, were, were you planning on three stops the whole time? That, sorry, I'm over here. Were you planning on three stops the whole time, or uh, was that something where you um, didn't mean to get off the strategy from everybody else? Um, yes, it was most likely three, not at those particular laps. Um, so, yeah, when the yellow come out early, uh, you know, obviously you expect everybody else in a situation like that that's kind of on the fence to, to do the opposite of you when when it's, when it's you've been a dominant car all weekend. Um, you know, and, and kudos to Tyler for staying focused and dealing with, you know, that was really the only chance, only time we were back in traffic, and he uh, dealt with it really well, made quick work of it, kept the car in one piece. Um, you know, and, and we still thought, it was going to work out the best. It still was going to work out the best, even without the way the yellows felt. Um, so we did that with the plan of two stopping from there, right? That still fell into the three-stop strategy window we had looked at in the beginning. Um, and you know, untimely caution right outside the last fuel window that um, you know that, that made it more of a more of a close race than, than we were wanting. Um, but we had already got the lead at that point, and, and fortunately able to race some heads up, and he had speed. Go to Kelly up here in the front. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Billy, walk me through your emotions after Tyler crossed the finish line because the camera was on you for quite some time and you seemed really pumped up, almost relieved. Uh, you got quite the water bath, I think it was. So what was it like for you? Is it is it relief or, or why was this one just, it, it feels like it's different for you. Well, a little bit of everything, yeah, a relief for sure, um, especially on this weekend when you've got the dominant car and, you know, he's fastest in practice by a lot and fastest in qualifying and, you know, we didn't get the pole there. So, um, yeah, that was, that's one element of it. But the other one is just to, uh, to kind of put that note that everybody is bringing up of the bad luck to start the year, the bad finishes, the, the bad points position, you know, um, everybody's heard all that, you know, the team's had to endure that, um, you know, we know where the potential was, but you know, the guys that are working on this car and the guys back at the shop and they don't always get to live it and feel the emotion that we that we do and, and know where the potential is. So for that to happen, for him to dominate the race and, and you know, have to endure those restarts and, and come home like that, it's just very validating and uh, very rewarding for just everybody that puts puts the work in um, behind the scenes. And you know, we've we've wondered where we were at on our road course program now for a while. We struggled last year and uh, to bring him here, that was one of the hopes too, was that you know he could help guide us in the right direction, and certainly did. So it's uh, it's nice when all that comes together. Steve. Uh, Steven Stump, FrontStretch.com. Uh, Billy, obviously you're watching on top of the box. Um, you had, with all the cautions and overtime after overtime, there were some cars that had pitted for tires and had made their way back up. For example, Ross, he had gone from spinning all the way to the top five at the end. Was there kind of, did a sense of like fear of uh, the, the 
cars with newer tires overtaking you as the cautions kept coming out? No, I think it was more just the fear of what level of aggression uh, guys behind us were willing to use. Um, you know, we felt confident in Tyler's speed and his ability that once we cleared him off of turn two, that it was over. But uh, that was a lot of opportunities for people to do otherwise entering one. And uh, for the most part, you know, the guys that we were around raced very clean and, and you know, they gave each other lanes to, to navigate through there. Um, but it can it can go otherwise in a hurry. So I think that was the most nerve-wracking part was just getting through turn one. Any final questions for our winning crew chief and owner? More, well, two more. We got Chris and then Holly. ChrisMikeKitchens.com. Uh, Denny, I don't know if you heard, but um, sorry. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Kurt Kurt got. Really emotional and choked up on on the last lap of the broadcast, and said that the team was in good was in good hands, and he was proud to be a part of the organization. So I was just wondering what this moment is is like to have Kurt in a different role for 2311, uh, you know, part of the team. Yeah, I mean, it's it for sure would be for Kurt. I mean, he's he was supposed to be in this car uh, this year, and obviously, it, you know, with you know, his full time career, you know, being cut short, it it. It's different. It makes you feel different when you see your car going around the racetrack. And um, you know, as a team, we've been throwing a lot of curveballs, right? You know, we've had um, I, I think last year five drivers in our team in our cars when we had two full-time drivers, and that was all we were planning on. Um, but you know, Kurt's been an interest, uh, uh, integral part of what we do week in, week out. He shows up to practices. Uh, he shows up to our debriefs. Uh, really help, helps with our partners and, um, you know, just a, a great asset to our team. And, you know, if, if he can just bring one thought or idea to our drivers uh, in a weekend of something that he sees from the outside, then he's he's worth his weight in gold to us. So, um, you know, we, we love having Kurt. Uh, he's a great teammate. He, he really makes us, uh, you know, it's a, he bonds the team. He, he brings RC cars to the race, to the race shop and has – you know, the, the guys, you know, involved in doing that. So um, he, he's still a, a driver for 2311 and, and team member for, for life. Denny, Billy, congratulations on uh, the big win, and good luck next weekend at Richmond. Appreciate you. Thanks. Okay, we'll continue our uh, Q&A uh, with the winning driver of today's race, and that is Tyler Reddick. If you have a question for Tyler, please raise your hand. And we'll start up front to, uh, with Holly. Congratulations, Tyler. When we spoke on Friday, you seemed pretty optimistic, pretty confident about it. If you could just kind of talk about then being able to pull that off and certainly restart after restart after restart, that's it's pretty tough to maintain like you did. It, it was, um, and I, I honestly wasn't doing the best job on those restarts. Uh, you know, a few of the times, giving up one, two spots, um, and all but that very last one, um, having to battle for position uh, down into the S's, which is a very tricky area of the racetrack considering track limits and all those things. You know, one bump, one thing goes wrong, you might be getting penalized. So definitely putting ourselves at risk there. So, you know, if I have one thing looking at, at the whole weekend, I could, wish I could have done better, would have been qualifying and um, just cleaned up those restarts a little bit. So, you know, just there, there is things to learn for sure, but uh, it all went really well in the last one. Um, got got off the turn uh, turn one uh, without any real uh, you know threats. Go to Steven in the center. 
Okay, sorry about that. Uh, Steven Stump, frontshows.com. Uh, congrats on the win, Tyler. Um, also, um, during the Saturday media sessions, you said that while talking about the newcomers, Taylor, Kimmy, Button, you said hopefully we race with respect out there. It often goes away in these on restarts and these finishes. Obviously, you were in front of it all, but what are your thoughts on what happened behind you? I have no idea. I was just focusing on uh, my restarts and what I had going on. Obviously, there was a lot of cautions at the end, but um, I mean, the way that things kind of have progressed, you know, the, fr the front and rear bumpers of this car are really resilient. Um, you can really hit someone pretty, pretty, pretty hard without knocking the nose of your car off. Um, and the rear bumpers are really tough too. So, uh, you know, we saw that at the clash, people just being able to go in there and lean on each other front to rear. Um, so um, it kind of brings that to light at the end of these races. Um, but, but seriously though, you know, you look at turn one here, turn one at Indy Road Course, um, they're very inviting corners with a lot of room and you know it's just a product of, of restarts and the nature of NASCAR racing and how aggressive um, all the drivers are. Someone's gonna be on the short end. Go to Bob, Jim, Rob. Uh, Bob Parkers, Fox Sports. I'm curious Hi, I'm curious about how like what what is your like vibe in the car, are you nervous? Like I'm, I'm wondering, was your stomach worse today <laughs> during those last restarts <laughs> no, than I, a week thankfully, ago? Thankfully, I'd had um, things had returned to normal this morning, of all things. So it was good timing. I'm feeling a lot better. Um, yeah, the only thing that you know that was really on my mind today was just how it kind of hang on. Um, we've been having some issues with uh, the cool shirt plugging in, and, and unfortunately today, uh, from lap one, we could never get it plugged in. So it was a little bit warm in the car. The shirt got pretty hot. But um, I was able to hold on to the end, and thankfully we didn't have one one last overtime finish. I may have been in trouble. Well, I guess I mean, are you calm? I mean, is it like? I mean, uh, at times certainly. You know, um, I think before we had all those cautions with like 10 to go or whatever, I'd finally gotten back around William. I'd kind of settled in. It's definitely hot, but um, I was you know comfortable with the car and everything. Um, but certainly as we kind of got to the end, you know. Um, I gotten warm again. My ice had melted. Um, so yeah, I was getting a little hot in the car. But uh, I was by the time we were taking the restart, kind of gotten back to being where my heart rate and calmness needed to be to focus. Uh, I wouldn't say nervous. Um, just just the stress was high in the car today, just circumstances. Um, but but thankfully not not too high. Still able to execute and get the job done. I mean. I, didn't quite get every restart done perfectly, um, but you know we, we got the ones that that, that mattered the last one. Jim, Jim Motter, Motorsport.com. Um, in regards to the start to your season, uh, Billy and Denny talked about you know the bad optics of having it in your points position and so forth, but that you guys felt you still had speed. From your perspective, was it been frustrating, disappointing, or? How did how have you kind of handled the beginning of the year? I mean, it's just it's just racing, honestly. That's all it was. Um, you know, it's just how racing can be sometimes. Um, you look at what happened, and it wasn't like, well, we just flat out sucked this weekend. It wasn't wasn't a this or that. It was just uh, circumstances, and yeah, some some of it was mistakes that were made or or things that we could have definitely done better. But you know, they were all things we could learn from. And then the grand scheme of things, when you have the entire year in front of you. You know, it's it's good to learn from things early in the year, so they don't 
you know, if things, if it comes later on down the road, um, you know, you'd, I'd rather have these things go wrong early than later on. So um, <clears throat> for me, uh, you know, it didn't really affect me. And from my perspective in the shop, uh, it didn't seem to be affecting the team. You know, we just kept focusing, okay, next weekend, we're going to bring the best car that we can and start over and go from there. Certainly, you know, there was some, the only frustration I would say that we had was just when we would have a bad weekend or something go wrong, you know, it, it really screw up our qualifying metric for the following weekend and put us in a tough spot to be able to qualify well and, and start better. So that was the only only part of it that was slightly frustrating, um, but nothing nothing crazy. Rob. Rob T. Youngson from thepodiumfinish.net. Tyler, congratulations on your victory today. A couple of questions for you. I mean, how validating is this to get this victory with, for 2311, given how much confidence and belief that Billy and Denny had, uh, Hamlin had in you? And also, too, just how did you kind of handle the, the emotional side of the intense battles you had today? Um, uh, yeah, you just, just got to remove emotion from your thought. Um, you're, you're, you're being emotional in a moment. Um, you, can't, you can't have the mental clarity to get the job done. just have to remove all that from your brain. Um, as much as, yes, it can be frustrating to have caution after caution and, oh, man, I almost made it back to the start-finish line and it didn't go our way. You just, just have to remove all that from your, from your brain. It's done and over with, and you've got to reset and be ready to go uh, for the next restart because everybody behind you is, you know, grinding their teeth and doing everything they can to get a, uh, an edge on you. Uh, you know, you can't, can't be feeling bad for yourself. You have to get back to work and execute and just do it again. Go in the back and then up in the middle here. Uh, hey, hey, Tyler. Trey Campbell here of uh, Sports Talk 790 um, in Houston. There were obviously a lot of green-white checkered attempts there at the end. Uh, would you be opposed to NASCAR stepping in and limiting the green-white checkers like they did back in 05 when they instituted the rule? No, we'd be robbing the fans of a, of a finish, and that's what they deserve. They deserve a good finish to the end. They deserve to see us make it back to the white flag, and um, whatever happens after that, yeah, I think the rule the way it is is the way it should be. You know, the, pan the fans pay a lot of good money to come out here and, and watch a good finish, watch a great race. Uh, we deserve to put that on there. Out we, put, we deserve to put that product out there for the fans. Great. Howdy, Tyler. Wyatt Watson with FrontStretch.com. Uh, congratulations on the win. Um, you are obviously the fastest driver and the fastest car this week, this whole weekend. Uh, I want to get your comments on bringing that speed to Toyota, which last year obviously struggled very mightily on the road courses, and just uh, what you'll bring to all the road courses next for the rest of the season, actually. What was that last part? Sorry about the rest of the road courses. Uh, what what talent you're going to bring to the rest of the road courses this this year? What talent? Uh, what I didn't speed, know. Speed, speed, speed. Um, yeah, hopefully it applies. Um, obviously, you know every road course is, is kind of its own animal. Um, but the braking zones that we have here, you know, there's a lot of time to be made and lost um, in the braking zones here. Um, and I feel like when you go to Indy Road Course, some of that similarities uh, apply. Not as much elevation gain or loss. Um, you know, Chicago Street Course and the layout that it has. Um, you know, get, being really good in the braking zones and not making mistakes and going wide will be really critical. Uh, with the tight corners and the tight, narrow confines racing on the street, you miss a braking zone, well, there's nowhere to go. You're going to go into a wall. So uh, things that we were strong with today hopefully will apply in some ways to those other places. But in no way do we, do we get, like, super comfortable or, or, you know, content with how we did. 
you know, we're going to look at how we could we be better, what things could we clean up. I definitely could have done some things better on the end of this race on restarts. Um, but certainly to go from where we were um, at the test in January, the tire test here, how we stacked up against, you know, uh, the eight, the eight car, Kyle Busch and Austin Sindrick in the two uh, to make the gains that we did um, and make our cars better uh, is certainly a really good sign. Um, obviously, I would love to see all the Toyotas get better and, and certainly we're all going to work together and, and share notes and hopefully get up, get the rest of them up there soon. So uh, good step, good step in the right direction. You know, like I said, it was a really big point of emphasis for myself coming into here to, to try and help Toyota get better on the road courses. Um, and, and yeah, I'd say that was a success. Row Steven, Dustin, and then wrap up with Bob. Hi Tyler, one more, hi Tyler, one more question. Um, it seems like a while ago now, but in the middle of the race towards the end, you and Byron had that battle. You guys were on separate strategies, um, pitting, making your way back to the lead and so on. Now that you've seen it in action, uh, what, what is your opinion on having the no stage cautions at the road courses? Well, um, you know, it certainly allows the race to play out more naturally, um, which I feel like in the spirit of road course racing, um, in my opinion, that's what it should be more about. You know, we, we had the natural cautions towards the end there with people having tire failures and issues to bring out cautions to have the exciting green-white checkered finishes. Um, but, you know, like we saw in the truck race, um, like we kind of saw in the Xfinity race, you know, I think allowing the race to play out naturally just is, is to me, it's what road course racing is about. You look at other forms of motorsport that have road course races, not always is there exciting, you know, finish at the end or, or you know, the stage racing, obviously. So um, from my perspective, I, I enjoyed it more uh, this, this today. Um, you know, it was about maximizing your pace on the racetrack and, not, and, and minimizing the mistakes uh, because depending on what strategy you had, um, you know, if, if you made a mistake, uh-oh, if you made a mistake, um, you're going to be costing yourself track position as the race just played out. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Albino, Ski, Tyler, I know this probably seems like a really long time ago, but what was going through your mind early in the race when you made that first pit stop and were mired deep in the field? Um, you know, some concern, just the initial first couple of laps, Joey got by, um, Austin Dillon got by, but, you know, just kind of recentered myself, and I remembered AJ literally you know, getting stuck behind Eric Almirola yesterday, stopped on the racetrack, and he fought back from it and won. So, obviously, this is the Cup Series, not the Xfinity Series. But you know, I, I looked at how that played out. It's like, all right, we can we can overcome this. We can make it happen. And just for the most part, as the race was playing out before those cautions at the end, it was the right call, it's the right strategy. I think, um, you know, having having a strong car really helps. Whatever strategy you go with, work. But um, you know, just with the pace fall off and everything, I think strategy we're on, we were on was, was going to work out better, but um, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable for sure. We'll wrap up here with Bob. Uh, Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. Was it weird and or extra motivating to have the eight car that you're battling for the win? Um, you know, I, Kyle races with a lot of respect. I know he gets a bad rap from, from a number of fans out there, but um, pretty much from day one coming into the Cup Series, um, Kyle's Kyle and I have raced with really, really well around each other uh, for the last couple of years. I knew he was going to give everything he had, um, and I knew that team would. But, but certainly, you know, um, you, you heard him talk about it, right? Like just the respect in the garage not being what it used to be. Um, and he's one of the few drivers that, that certainly really still races with that honor and integrity and, and wants to, you know, race fair, race hard, race clean. So um, 
you know, I knew he wasn't going to do anything too crazy. You know, there was other cars lined up behind me uh, throughout the day that I was very concerned about a dive bomb or a bomb or something like that. But uh, when you got one of the best in the business behind you and Guile, you know, you're going to get raced really hard and you have to execute perfectly, um, but it's going to be really, really clean. All right, Tyler, congratulations and I uh, appreciate the time. Good luck in Richmond. All right, Kyle. Uh, well, thank Dale Quarterly for being on the show and uh, having Zane and AJ and Tyler on, uh, Kyle. It's been a, well, we almost burned up uh, two hours this morning. It's okay, Rowdy. Uh, got everything in what we wanted to do. Uh, thanks to Dale Quarterly for coming on. Can't wait to listen to that interview again. Uh, 40 uh, minutes, winners for the weekend. 47 minutes, Rowdy. That's that's what I had on my my time. Cause I know we I know we I know it wasn't 10:05 or 9:05 when we had him on. It was about 10:08, 9:08. But um, thanks again to Dale Corley for coming on the show. Um, you know, he was great today. Uh, you know we got everything in Rowdy. We got we got everything we wanted to do. Uh, we still got 10 minutes about about 10 minutes left on the show. And uh, Rowdy, I guess we could tease this. Uh, we're going to have William Salowich, uh, the, the ARC East winner of Pensacola, on tomorrow. I'm kind of pumped for that. Absolutely. That that young man was on fire down there at Pensacola, guys. I'm looking for some great things out of that young man coming up. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, I, I think he should be two for two right now. But, um, you know, good run at Phoenix and then, um, you know, wins uh, Pensacola. Not a, not, a, not a surprise at all. So, uh, yeah, Rowdy, looking forward to uh, Thursday. I'm hoping we get to a race this weekend. That'd be nice. And uh, hopefully uh, we can, uh, you know, we're able to do some more races here. I know you were at Pensacola, and thanks again for going. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's good to uh, good to, good to get Rowdy Maglite Racing Media out there again, Rowdy. Um, you know, um, unfortunately, uh most of the races got rained out in PA. Uh, Williams Grove got rained out Friday night. Port Royal canceled Saturday. However, Rowdy, Lincoln did race Saturday night. Um, they were the only track in Pennsylvania, I think, to race on Saturday. And that wasn't it. That wasn't all. Had Baps Motor Speedway with their, their sprint, spring sprint madness. Uh, won by Anthony Macri. Uh, 32 cars for the 410 sprint cars, 29 uh, 358 sprint cars, six, not bad, 61 cars for a late March show at BAPS. And uh, I know this week we got the Grandview opener with the Modifieds on a Saturday, April 1st, no joke. Uh, that will be the, uh, the start of the season there. Uh, no Port Royal is going to be trying to run. Um, typical shows. Now, I know we had Liam Tenz on a little, uh, two weeks ago. Yep. Um, man, Williams Grove can just not catch a break with the weather, Rowdy. Um, they've been they've been rained out three straight weeks to start the year. So, uh, oh, they're gonna try it again. Uh, you know, on this Friday, March 31st, and uh, had a good birthday, Rowdy. Um, thanks again for everything, and uh, you know, it was uh, you know, thanks again for having you know Rita Goutlet coming on the show and Adam Mackey Thursday night and. Um, you know, we've been just doing a great job with guests, Rowdy, you know, Dale Quarterly. I know I've, I hadn't lined up for a little while, but um, definitely wanted him on the show when he announced the truck deal with, with Tim Vians, and um, he definitely, definitely delivered. Um, 
but it was good to see Dale run good in the truck race. We're on top 20 most of the race up 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 till the the, the latter stages. And um, you know, like like we you know we were talking earlier. I mean, I I'd like to see Dale Corley run the truck at Mid Ohio. I mean, I mean as well as he ran at Kodai, I think he should give Mid Ohio a shot. Um, don't even do the the Arca race at Mid Ohio, but or do the Arca race at Watkins Glen Rowdy. I mean, that's that's kind of what you and I were, were discussing earlier. Was uh, you know maybe he can run the truck at Mid Ohio and run the Arca car at at Watkins Glen, and, and, and Rowdy, that Arca race at Watkins Glen, uh, that, that tends to be a pretty stacked race, so that's just how it is there. It, it is, Kyle. It is. Uh, Kyle, I'm with you. I, I think he'd be uh, doing himself a service stay in the truck and race that race. He's got that thing tuned up, and it's ready. It is ready. So, Kyle, if that's all you got, we're going to close this thing out. We we only like five minutes, and it'll be two hours here, my friend. Well, Rowdy, at least we got everything in, and it's good to, uh, you know, hear from all the winners of Coda. And I just want to say, Rowdy, I've been to Coda before. It is such a nice facility. Um, you couldn't pay me to go on the tower there. You could not pay me to go up there. Um, I hate heights, so that's that's not going to work out. But um, nice facility. There's a lot of passing zones, Rowdy. That's why I like Coda a lot, because there's a lot of places you can pass. And uh, just quickly here, Rowdy, I just want to sum up my the weekend um, quickly from Coda. Uh, Alex Bowman didn't make the truck race. Uh, flat tire in qualifying. Uh, no owner points for the seven Spire truck, so he didn't make the race. But, however, did finish second in the cup race yesterday, um, you know, kind of being a factor again. But Tyler Reddick. That, that car looked good all weekend, fastest in practice, second in qualifying, um, you know, a little bit better than William Byron. I, I think him him and the, the 24 and the 45 were probably the two best cars in that race. So, uh, you know, the Road Ringers, uh, Jensen Button, 18th. You know, Kimi Raikkonen was running his highest fourth at one point in that race and just got a little bit uh, beat and banged up in the last final lap. So, uh, Rowdy, three overtimes, uh, trying to get the race over with. So, uh, yeah. Uh, another weekend of Coda in the books. Uh, a lot of interesting entries, and, and again, thanks a huge thanks to Dale Corley for coming on. Uh, just had him on after the Daytona Arca race, and now he's back on running, talking about running the truck series. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see him back in that truck. Hopefully I'm in Ohio here soon. So Richmond this weekend. If you live near Richmond, I've been there. It's a race that you need to. If you've never been there, it is a track to go to, Kyle. Looking Howdy, forward I've to been to there. Back. Twice, actually. Um, I've been yeah. there for a day race, and I've been there for a night race in the spring. So, uh, nice nice racetrack, old fairgrounds um, there, you know, back in the day. A uh, lot, lot of uh, nice history there, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was really hot the first year I went. And then, uh, you know, it cooled down a lot the, the second year. I mean, it was hot, but it wasn't as hot as it was the year before. So, uh, so yeah, Richmond's a nice place. Uh I don't know, Rowdy. I, 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 I think the day races tend to be a little better there than the night races. But, you know, night, I don't know, night, I, I, I feel like the, the track, you know, definitely differs. You know, I see the Port Royal, same deal when it's nighttime and daytime there. And uh, glad you made it to Pensacola on, on Saturday night, um, getting up there, getting some great photos for us. And uh, good job as always, Rowdy. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, you also. And, uh, guys, we're going to kind of slowly get out of here and uh, we got something cooking tomorrow with the winner of the ARCA the ARCA East and then uh, also Buddy Copo 
That's 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 Central for Buddy Kofoid tomorrow. We'll play them back out on Thursday night, though. We'll have every, both those drivers on Thursday night also. So tune in back Thursday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, buddy. And William for uh, tomorrow. And Dale also for coming on today. Thanks, Kyle, again.